Good morning, football-loving maniacs. Special playoff preview. And for this one, we brought back an honorary Three Honest Lads. Actually, one of the first interviews we ever did on Three Honest Lads. Of course, his place now cemented in California lore as the man at the helm of Sacramento Republic, also known as Mark Briggs, also known as the best-looking man west of the Mason-Dixon line. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning, mate. I don't think I've ever had an introduction like that. Me and, and good-looking don't usually go together. My check's in the mail, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, Mark, let's start here. Um, 2020, what a world that we live in. It, it's been an interesting back and forth for everyone. 16 games, 15 weeks. You guys are in the playoffs. You finish number two in Group B, or excuse me, Group A. Your reward is a match against Phoenix Rising in Group A. Just talk to me about what this journey has been like for you and your squad so far. Yeah, I think it's been a, an interesting journey, not only for me and my squad, for uh, every squad, every coach in the country. Um, I think we've all had to adapt. We've all had to use different methods than what we would normally do. Um, and, you know, to be fair to everyone, it's been it's been a good season considering the circumstances. So for us now, uh, we've got to where we wanted to, to be, which is in the playoffs. Um, and now we've just got to prepare and make sure we're ready to face a very good uh, Phoenix Rising team. I have the opportunity to pick your brain all season long, and, and you've dealt with your fair share of injuries. What has this journey been like as a coach, considering you had an idea of what the squad was going to look like in March? Of course, COVID changes all that at the resumption in July. You lose a goalkeeper, you lose defenders, you, you would pretty much lose everything, and yet still you guys are right here. Yeah, I think that's a credit to our general manager, Todd, and the squad that we put together before the season. Um, I think, yeah, we, we've had to handle quite a few injuries to pivotal players, um, but that only that only provides opportunity for, for other players to come in and uh, show what they can do. And fortunately for us, those players that have stepped into to the uh, important roles that were vacated by injury, uh, they've produced. And that's, where, that's why we find ourselves in the position we do. I'm going to go back through this for a second here because I think a lot of people might kind of turn their head and go, what? So if you look at the run of games that you went on, there was the loss all the way back in July coming off a victory over Reno. So you guys lose to Los Dos, who, of course, finished second in Group B. They, they'll take on your Group A counterparts, Reno. And then you went right. on this run where you guys had to travel on the road a lot. You got victories. You got draws. You did very well for yourselves. And then all of a sudden, Wednesday, September 30th, you guys lose at Tacoma. Uh, tell me, what, what happened? <laughs> putting it politely um, yeah to put it politely Tacoma to be honest with you was uh, for whatever reason was a bit of a banana skin for us throughout the season throughout the year uh, I think the first game back after um, Covid we tied 3-3 um, 3-1 up at half time and then just get sloppy um, then again we tied 3-3 and we beat them 3-1 and then they beat us 1-0 um, so Wednesday was a, a little frustrating for us. I thought we controlled the first 30 minutes and should have should have put ourselves in front. But you know the games like when you don't when you don't put yourselves ahead when you're in control, you leave teams hanging around and that's dangerous. And um, Tacoma came out second half and created a few opportunities and took one. Um, and then we couldn't get ourselves back in the game. So. Uh, it's a learning curve for us. It's a bit of a wake-up call for us as we headed into uh, Portland on Saturday. Um, so yeah, it wasn't uh, wasn't a great performance, but you learn from everything, right? So um, I think that um, that sharpened us up a little bit and put a few people 
uh, in their place in regards to being ready for a huge game on Saturday. Let's turn the page on the positive end. You turn the corner, playoff spot in terms of where seating would be for you guys. You had already sealed a, a playoff position. Let's get that out of the way. Unfortunately, because of the loss and, and Reno's result, you guys couldn't grab the number one seed. So you, you have to host Portland Timbers 2. You play arguably, arguably, your best 11. You smack Timbers 2 for four goals in the opening 25 minutes. How much of that is a confidence boost for your squad going into the weekend? Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's massive. I think it's uh, it was good for us to get everyone in a good mental place, uh, especially after the midweek loss to Tacoma, uh, and to start the game on a positive foot. And for all for all of our attacking players to have produced and scored goals, and that's an even bigger piece for me as we head into as we head into a huge game for our attacking players to be in a good spot and be be ready to hopefully produce when it matters. I mentioned some injuries. Adam Grinmas is one of those ones who goes out. Rafa Diaz steps in. You've had Brady Scott in there. Diego Ramos, the academy player, can throw a name into the mix, though no appearances. What's the goalkeeping position been like? Because knowing your teams and what you've coached in the past, you haven't really seen rotation like this before for the most part. No, no. Um, obviously, we we signed Adam in the off-season um, with a view to him coming in and competing with Rafa in pre-season. Um, Adam got the jersey. Adam was the number one. Um, and then, obviously, unfortunately for Adam, uh, he went... He went down in training and uh, did his ACL. So that provided provided Rafa with an opportunity to to come in and to and to produce. Um, and fortunately for us, Rafa Rafa's been fantastic since he's since he's had that opportunity, um, which is again what you what you want in your squad. Um, but now you're right. It's been unusual for me. I'm usually set with a number one, and that's my guy for the year. But unfortunately, we've had to adapt this year. And uh, fortunate for me, I've got two other keepers that have, uh, that have, you know, have been very good. And Brady Scott came in, and he's pushed Rafa every day. Um, and he and he himself has got a few a few professional games under his belt. So now, all in all, uh, I think we're in a good spot. Mark, let's transition to Phoenix here, um, a team that on paper might be the best in the league. I think most people would argue they probably would are the best in the league on paper. Results yeah. for some people, myself included, probably aren't up to par. I've heard that from, direct from the mouths of the coaching staff. Uh, I don't want to get into the specifics of what they're going through in terms of what happened on Wednesday, September 30th against San Diego, but they right. did show you that they are fallible. You know, they lost a couple of days prior to that to San Diego. You know, Reno took them down, struggled against Vegas. This is a team coming in, although coming off a 4-1 victory against Los Dos, you could argue their backs are up against the wall, and, and the momentum may not necessarily be in their favor. What's been the message like to you and your boys? Um, I think everything you've said is, is bang on. I think at the end of the day, uh, the 16 games prior to this weekend, no longer, they're no longer relevant. Um, I think that's, you know, that's something that's just natural with playoffs. Um, I think everybody knows that Phoenix, Phoenix are the favourites. Phoenix, uh, Phoenix are at home. Uh, Phoenix, like you say, are the best team down on paper. Uh, nobody really fancies us, so the pressure's on them. To be honest, uh, we're just going to go out, play our game, do what we do, um, and then hopefully that'll be that'll be good enough to put us in the next round. Uh, but for us, I've been saying to the players all week. We, we, nobody expects us to win. Nobody, nobody fancies us to come away from Phoenix uh, and put ourselves in the next round. So uh, the pressure's all on them to produce. Is it a bit ironic to you that 
the season that you guys had in 2017 when you were at the helm of the Real Monarchs, of course, then in the first round, you take the, you're taken down, excuse me, by Sacramento Republic. Now you're at the helm of said squad, taking down maybe the best team in the West. I've had to give my um, the media team um, a little bit of grief this week because the uh, <laughs> the play the playoff um, the playoff memories that they've brought up and it's been uh, online for the club have been uh, the game against me in 2017 with the Monarchs. Um, so I think the media team have been winding me up a little bit this week. But no, it's a, it's a difficult place to be in um, because you've had such a fantastic season. Uh, for us at that point, we'd won the regular, we'd won the regular season, won the shield, um, and then you have to adapt going into, you know, going into playoffs. For us that week, it was a little bit unique. Not many people know, but my assistant coach Liam Miller, the late Liam Miller, um, we all found out on the Tuesday leading up into that game that he had stage four cancer. Um, that wasn't made public at the time, but that really knocked a lot of people about. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we had to deal with some awkward things that week, and we, we didn't deal with them. Uh, obviously, for Phoenix, they've, they've had to deal with a lot over the past couple of weeks. Um, so it'll be interesting what their mentality is like as they head into the biggest game of the year for both of us. Both of us. Uh, but it's not easy when you're on the pedestal and you have to produce every single week and the standards are extremely high. Um, by everybody outside of the club looking into you. Liam, definitely a fantastic footballer for club and country, gone too early. And um, although it's been a couple of years, I'm sure you're still struggling with your loss and, and our thoughts still with you. Um, in terms of, obviously, you've been through turmoil yourself, Phoenix going through some on their end. Preparation for their team. They will be at, without Junior Flemings, the league handing down a six-game suspension um, yesterday. Of course, we're recording on Wednesday morning. That happened on Tuesday. I don't even know the date anymore because it's 2020 and I don't need to. <laughs> um, I would imagine that's probably going to be a quick switch for Santi Moar. Still a really talented front three. Santi Moar, Solomon Asante, of course, on the right, and Rufat Dadashov in the middle. What's the conversation like for the back line, because it might be the most talented front three, especially in terms of production in the USL. Yeah, exactly. I think that tells you everything right there about Phoenix and their roster um, and the players they have available for sele- for selection. You know, you lose Junior, um, and then you bring in one of the MVPs of the league last year as his replacement. Uh, you know, so I I don't think they lose too much. I don't think they. They obviously lose the goals that the juniors scored, but Santimor has not a bad replacement to bring in. I think that tells you uh, that tells you everything about the strength of the team we're about to face. Um, but again, it's a challenge from my boys, and it's something that um, I believe they'll rise to. Mark, quick side note, um, which is, although it's relevant to the conversation, it's also outside of the playoff discussion. Talking about the depth of Phoenix, you guys have it as well. There are so many teams around this league that have really retained their services, a lot of players, but are starting to add that quality depth. What does that say, in your opinion, to the growth and the quality of this league overall? Yeah, I think the league jumps every single year. I think the level and the quality jumps of each team and the individuals that each team are bringing in, uh, which is only beneficial for the league, beneficial for U.S. soccer, uh, beneficial for everyone involved. Um, I think it jumps exponentially like every single year. Um, I think a lot of the national players, a lot of the uh, American players, uh, their level's better. Um, and I think the level of the foreigner that's coming in now, I think in years past, 
it's been foreigners that uh, have been okay. No disrespect to those guys. I'm one of those guys. Um, but I think the foreigners that you bring in now actually have real quality and can actually go on to play at even higher levels. And I think that's one of, one of the big factors. Um, and I think also everything's getting better outside of the field. Uh, the way teams look after the players, the way the way um, they you know they're treated off the field, uh, the media content, every single element of the game I think is improving. Um, and then on top of that, I think the coaching's improving as well. You know, I think the coaches are the coaches are more knowledgeable. The coaches are are growing and getting better um, as the game evolves. Everyone has to evolve with it, and I think we're we're a part of it right now and we're fortunate to be a part of it. And for anyone looking in from the outside, um, they must be able to see that growth as well. All right. I know it's early, but I got to open up the humor. What's going on, man? You guys get healthy and my boy, my little 18 year old phenom Hayden Sargis is on the bench. Do I need to come over there and have a conversation or what, what's up, man? Get my, get my boy some love. <laughs> <laughs> no, Hayden, Hayden's, Hayden's phenomenal. Hayden's got a, he's got an extremely bright future ahead of him. Um, I think you've saw, well, you've saw yourself the performances he's produced on a consistent basis this year. Um, I think the sky's the limit for him. Um, he's just got to continue to work and continue to grow, and uh, he'll be just fine. And you know, he'll be. Uh, who knows? He might be on the field Saturday. You never know, mate. A player that I think everybody is probably wondering maybe where he is in terms of form because he's been through so much. There's a lot that's going on behind the scenes people don't know about. I'm not going to talk about it. I just want to know, how did you get your hands on Frank Lopez? Um, just a few a few phone calls. I, you know, we, we'd heard he wasn't happy um, at Oklahoma. Um, for whatever reason, I, I don't know what had gone on there, but... He wasn't actually training with the team, um, so you know we uh, we found that out. And at that time, I felt we needed a, a little impetus up front. Um, and Frank certainly certainly gives that. Um, so it actually came through a, a conversation. My former player Michael Chang. Um, we were talking, and hey, would you be interested in Frank? Um, then we got talking, and then obviously the two clubs got involved, and the agent got involved. And, we we made it happen as um, as quick as we could. Um, for Frank, he, he didn't come in in full fitness, and he's still nowhere near where we'd like him to be. Um, but he's we got you know we got a full 90 minutes out of him up in Tacoma, got 45 minutes out of him on Saturday, um, and then he's got you know we had to build him up uh, the games prior to that. Um, but he'll be he'll be useful for us, especially going into big games. Although it is becoming a bit more common these days, um, the 30 goal club. With, with a lot of clout to it, and Frank Lopez fastly approaching that. Coach, uh, knowing you as a student of the game and, and always keeping your head on a swivel looking around, I'm curious, with everything that's gone on, have you had the time or even the luxury of, of paying attention to anything in the East this year? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a bit of a junkie, mate, so I, yeah, I watch pretty much. <laughs> I'm fortunate my wife, uh, my wife enjoys the game as well, so if you're in our house... Um, 90%, no, 95% of the time there's a USL game on the TV. Uh, and I like to keep up with teams that are doing well, players that are doing well. Uh, you have to have you have to have a pulse on the game um, in order to be successful. And you know we're always looking for what we'd like to bring in. So yeah, I've kept a, I've kept a close eye 
on what's been happening in the East. I'm going to borrow that term, by the way. And when my wife says, what are you doing? You're always watching games. I'll just say, I'm a junkie. Mark Mark told me it was cool. She'll, she'll be fine with it. Um, and any favorites in the East for you? I think there's a few There's a few good sides in the East. Obviously, you look at Louisville, didn't start the greatest, but they've turned it around and they've been on a great run and got some great results. And they're obviously used to playing in the playoffs and used to producing in big moments. So you, you can't rule them out. Then you look at you look at Tampa have been solid all year. You look at Pittsburgh produced some great football, um, although they've had a little bit of an up and down towards the end now. Um, then Hartford, you know, Hartford can't be ruled out uh, with the quality they have and the players they have. But the team that's impressed me most has been um, Charleston uh, down with Oggy. Um, I think they've got some very good individuals. They work together well, and they you know they score, but they can also defend. Going into going into playoff games, it's important ingredients. I'm with you on that one. I don't think uh, the battery are given enough credit, but that's probably a a long extended conversation for another time. Coach, I tell you what, man, you keep coming back for some reason. You keep coming back to the lads. We appreciate it, and um, you know I don't think we can say it enough that most importantly, stay safe, stay healthy. It's a crazy world out there, and um, you know, best of luck in your travels. Hopefully you're getting a result for your boys and, you know, you never know. Maybe we'll be running into each other again at the final on November 1st. That, that's the plan, mate. That's the plan. That would be nice, wouldn't it? But no, appreciate you. Appreciate you having me on, mate. So always good to chat with you. Always decent banter. So that's what you want, right? But uh, well, stay safe. Look after that little boy. Yeah, he's a handful. Fortunately enough, nobody sees our text messages. <laughs> <laughs> We'd be that's in hot water. <laughs> well, Mark, appreciate the time. Head coach Mark Briggs of the Sacramento Republic. Coach, best of luck on the weekend against Phoenix. Thank you, mate. Take care. Cheers, bud.